You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to pitch bad movies and share bad. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is the Good luck! Tide goes in, tide goes out. Never miss communication. It's over 9,000! My name is Foxy. The balls are in there. Hello everybody, it is Phoenix 92.5 FM. My name is Daryl Connor. This is Nerd to Know Basis. Of course, it is Comic-Con weekend, and if you're listening to this show, you're not at Comic-Con, which you should be. Um, but thank you for joining us this week. We wanted to bring you something a little bit special. Of course, this is Saturday, Sunday, which is tomorrow. Uh, we're actually going to be doing uh, the return um, of Nerd to Know Media doing panels. And of course, it is the very popular. Literally, everything is wrestling. Now, we did this panel back in two thousand and nineteen, before in the before times, and it was very popular. So, uh, the good people at DCC have um, allowed us to do it again. And if you have a ticket, um, lucky you, because they're sold out. Um, hopefully, we we'll get to see you guys there. Um, come over, uh, say hey. We're gonna have some cards. Uh, if you're in bits and pieces, and we're looking forward to actually meeting everyone there. Uh, and it's interactive. It's the one of a kind panel. It's the only thing kind of like it. And there's um OTT, the wrestling promotion are going to be at it um at Comic Con, so it just kind of works, right? But yeah, if you haven't heard this panel before, I wanted to give you guys um or the listeners of Phoenix FM and of course the podcast. Maybe you're a new listener and you haven't actually seen or heard this panel. I went back, pulled it from 2019. And it's actually uh, going to be the rest of the show. Because I took this week off because obviously we're getting ready for the panel. Um, and I, it was a good kind of primer to show you what you're in for. Now, this is your first time checking out the show. Please go to nerdtoknowmedia.com. Everything is there. How to contact us, all the shows. Nothing is paywalled. It's all there. And again, if you're listening to us on Phoenix 92.5 FM, thank you so much for listening in. Uh, and we hope to see you at Comic-Con tomorrow. So, um Enjoy the first iteration of literally everything okay, is guys, wrestling. So, uh, we are Nerd to Know Media. Um, we run a podcast every Saturday, and you can find us on Facebook and Spotify and all these wonderful things that the other two guys know more about because they do all the hard work. And today, we're going to be doing a panel called Literally Everything is Wrestling. So, full disclosure, I know nothing about wrestling. Uh, in fact, I didn't know I was boo-booed. <laughs> well done, sir. We already uh, have a heel in the audience. Uh, I, in fact, I was telling the guys, I didn't know that I was hosting a panel on wrestling until I saw it on Facebook. <laughs> because that went up before I got the message. Thanks, guys. He was swerved, guys. He was swerved. <laughs> 
In fact, on a bad day, I can't even spell wrestling, so I'm really glad it's written up there. Is that correct? Yeah? Awesome. I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, before we get started, we'll just introduce ourselves. We are the Nerd to Know Media team. My name is Keanu Calcon. Introduce yourself there, guys. I'm Darrow Connor. And I'm Brian, uh, Brian O'Rourke. Excellent. And uh, guys, this is going to be an interactive panel, so if you guys want to pip up or throw out a suggestion, we'll cue you in for that. Uh, but first, the concept, as far as I can understand, because I've spent the last set two days running around chasing TARDISes and all this kind of stuff, is that you two believe that you can prove absolutely anything in the world is wrestling. Anything at all. Yes, that is correct. So if we say the poetry of Seamus Heaney or abstract art or Raiding Area 51, that can be, that's somehow connected to wrestling, yes? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, before we get into the meat of it, I believe, do you guys have a setup for us? Well, or? first things first, guys, who is a wrestling fan here, show of hands? Okay, cool. That's about half the room. Yep. Good. That's great. That's what we want. We so you're going to help us. Because yeah. <laughs> we want people who aren't wrestling fans here as well, because, you know... Mm. That's how this works. Just me, is it? Okay, yeah. cool. Just to get everyone... Yeah. Yeah. He is, he is yeah. friends, thank you. <laughs> just to get uh, everyone on side a bit, we do have... Uh, just to get everyone on side a bit, we do actually have a quick introduction. I just want to make sure this is from actually... So for everyone who is a wrestling fan, here is an introduction. Can you second guys? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it hasn't turned off yet because we, we're not exposing Area 51 here. Throw water <laughs> at it. Now. That's okay. Tell you what, while you are setting up, I've got a question for Dara. How yep. long have you been a wrestling fan? Uh, since I was six. You were six? Yeah, six or seven. Six or seven. I don't remember time when I wasn't a wrestling fan. Should you have been? Well, I say this no, as parents. No, no, you've been watching off. wrestling. No, six? of course not. This is during like the Federation years in the Excuse oh, me. Of course the not. Federation. Yes. Years. All right. So that's not Star Trek. <laughs> that's not Star Trek, guys. That's not. So this is when WWE was going from kid friendly into not kid friendly. So uh, yeah. Here we go. Let's kick it off with the first part. And what about yourself, Brian? Right? While it's loading. Right? You got me. Professional wrestling is not, in fact, a real athletic competition. Botch. What a botch. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to swivel this a bit while we handle the technical difficulties. So, if you can multitask. Brian, how did you discover wrestling? Um, through school, mainly. Oh, Jesus, what school did you go to? Because um, all my friends in school, they, uh, they liked it, so... I mean, to be honest, maybe it's a generational thing, but my experience of wrestling is it's the thing you turned off after Pokemon at 7 in the morning was done. Is Fair. anyone else Sky 1 generation? No? Woo! Yes! Thank Actually, you. distinctively, one of my earliest memories of Sky 1 and uh, wrestling on Sky 1 was The Undertaker crucifying uh, Ghost Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> Just to clarify, as the wrestling normie, if there's a term he uses, I'm going to stop. <laughs> Crucify? Yeah, literally on a cross. Yeah, no, the actual <laughs> on the, on the he was cross. a satanic priest. He, uh, on the Lord's day and all. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. All right, let's let's, let's try this again. Oh, Hit the only okay. button. <laughs> <laughs> Professional wrestling is not, in fact, a real athletic competition. 
There's no getting around that. Guess I have to end the video here because pro wrestling isn't real. True. It's still real to me, damn it! <laughs> but neither is Star Wars, or the Avengers, or Goku, or Homer Simpson, or any character in Super Smash Bros. None of these things are real. However, it doesn't stop people from talking about them far more than they do a lot of real things. And in order to truly appreciate the rhetorical value of pro wrestling, you must treat it as it really is. A work of fiction. But not just any fiction. Pro wrestling is one of the last remaining bastions of theater. Playwrights and actors had to craft compelling narrative performances using the limited tools they had. If you boil it down, the genre of theater mostly involves a bunch of weird people in stupid costumes prancing around and over-embellishing an iambic pentameter. Theatrical entertainment doesn't come from what's literally happening on stage. The value of theater comes from filling in the blanks using our imagination. This fundamental principle is otherwise known as the suspension of disbelief. Suspension of disbelief allows us to accept beyond what's literally happening on screen. It allows us to experience a story and its characters as real. No matter how simple the presentation, this same principle applies to novels, comic books, musical lyrics, cartoons, movies, and yes, professional wrestling. Visual storytelling is an inherently human art form, and people have been performing stories for audiences for thousands of years, dating all the way back to the earliest known auditoriums of ancient Greece, where citizens would gather around and listen to an esteemed orator recite the works of Homer. <laughs> so guys, if you want to watch that full video, it's by Emperor Eleven, and it's called There Will Never Be Another, and then that's a series. Yeah. So yeah, it's super fun, and I had to play that clip because it kind of sums up everything. Why everything is wrestling, or everything can go back to wrestling, is because of the way it's built up. It's not a sport, right? It, it's <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's more of a soap opera. I describe wrestling as a soap opera punching, right? Obviously, not taking anything away from the wrestlers who are incredible athletes and all that kind of stuff. But the actual way that the story is told is through tropes. So we have main major storytelling tropes: the good guy versus bad guy, um, the hero's journey, whatever. Any any story you can mention, anything that you can mention goes back to wrestling in some way or has been used in wrestling in some way also when you guys are shouting on stuff <laughs> if we don't know what it is give us a quick summary because that will help so, i yeah. believe that was oi was that the summary oi <laughs> <laughs> fair fair uh i say this as someone who has worked in theater in dublin for six or seven years now I have never crucified anyone. That is not yes. a connection. You've never done it yet. Yes, perhaps, yeah. I have carried a cross, but I haven't fair. crucified anyone. Fair. To be fair, to be fair, though, she, when that was happening, um, they were kind of pushing out what wrestling was as a, sto as a story-driven um, product for a while, and that was really getting into soap opera. You know? So, and at the time as well, it was 1999, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. 1999 when, like, everything was being broken and pushed so they were really going hardcore with the offensive imagery or you know what you have seen before that was very much the zeitgeist of that period it was a period though was that everything was trying to be in some way striking or offensive because it was at a time where marlon manson was one of the biggest names in music yeah correct so. and, and like that's what i mean like when you're examining different periods it's a lot easier to get these beats um in 
and that's what relates to people, right? A lot of people, not to get too much into it for the non-wrestling fans, but one of the bigger uh, criticisms now with wrestling as a current product is like, oh, I can't relate to it, because you can't, right? It's kind of silly. Um, but when it hits those beats and it hits those big storylines, it really resonates with somebody, and that's, that's kind of, if you've never seen wrestling before, that's when it's great. When it's great, it's fantastic. When it's terrible, it's terrible. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, when, when wrestling is at, at the, the high point of what, of what you could expect from it, it's any, uh, every bit as enjoyable as any, uh, any of the Marvel fil- of any of the best Marvel films. Mm. But when it's at its lowest point, you're kind of comparing it more to a 14-year-old's fan fiction <laughs> that they deleted because it was bad. Yeah. My, you know? my Immortal. Yeah. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. Actually, Game of Thrones, right? Who's Game of Thrones fan? Or was, oh, just still fans, lovely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is what I mean, right? Like, the, the big thing about Game of Thrones was everybody loved it, it was the best show ever, blah, blah, blah. And then, it, you know, it, it ended up getting bad writers, or they ran out good material, and it became just a terrible, terrible, terrible show for a lot of people. I don't think that. Personally, he petted his dog at the end. I was happy, right? <laughs> spoilers. So, spoilers, yeah. <laughs> but uh, a lot of people are like, oh, this is terrible as ever. I'm like, try to be a wrestling fan, you'll, you'll get over it. Um, okay, but I, I want to park it for a bit. Bryn, pull up the wrestling terms, because like yes. again, we're going to use a lot of when we get into this. We're going to use this a lot of is terms. mostly for my benefit. This I is for everyone who is a wrestling fan benefit. <laughs> yeah. We can't control ourselves. If you've all got sandwiches, they're going to like catch me up now. All right. So I mean, the basic rundown of this is you've got your good guys and your bad guys. Babyface would be your uh, good guy. Very much a case of uh, just being the hero protagonist. You can get anti-hero style baby faces where it's someone like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Tweeners. Hmm? Tweeners. Well, you could, yeah, oh, I'd say it One on. term at a time, I beg, <laughs> I beg you. But like, basically, your good guy tends not to really have a personality most of the time. The They're just baby nice. Face. John Cena. Yeah. Hulk Hogan. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, like a gimmick, um, basically like just a, a Basically, it's like a um, what would you call it? like a, a shortcut to just saying like, well, what's the char- main, the main character trait? So the motivations for what they're going to do. Yeah. The are people shortcuts wrestling. The reason why a lot of things that can be described as like racist or <laughs> everything else that you could use is because wrestling takes a lot of shortcuts. Yeah. Right? For a while, ter- like terrorism was a big thing in wrestling. For a while. Yeah. Okay, you're not leaving that point. <laughs> yeah, there was um, I mean, many times. Where where where, where do you want to jump in? Anyone want to want to jump in? Was, what's their favorite terrorist angle? Muhammad Hassan. Yeah, everyone's okay. favorite terrorist angle. I think. <laughs> That's a T-shirt. Guys, am I going to watch this? What is this? <laughs> All right. So Muhammad Hassan, uh, who was actually played by an Italian guy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> He was by a non-Arab, non-Muslim Italian guy, and uh, yeah, basically this was in 2005, before the London bombing happened, and it was during jingoistic America, so it was like, oh hey, he's going to come in, he's feuding with The Undertaker, and literally, I kid you not, there was an angle shot where they where four guys in, you know, ISIS Angle's like a scene. A scene, yeah, sorry. <laughs> a scene. Where like these like ISIS kind of guys jumped in and kidnapped the Undertaker, who's this evil space, who's an evil space wizard. Um, <laughs> and they actually attacked him and carried him off to you know his his doom. Literally, the London Seven Seven bomb bombings happened that day. And he had to pull the angle. We yeah. never saw from Muhammad Hassan again. Yeah, he's never seen or heard of again. Yeah. Uh, 
I think you go now. My planet needs me. I think he did sort of Hulk Hogan, and that was it. Correct me if I'm wrong. That was in Backlash. Yes. Yeah, it was. Sorry. And he lost the scene for that as well. A terrorist kidnapped someone to their spaceship. Apparently, because we don't know. He never returned back. This happened in the ring. This happened in the ring. This this was this was the kidnapping happened in the ring. Yeah. This is also, he did it against the character who also, by the way, can summon lightning, who never does it whenever he's actually in a match. It just happens before, before a match. Before or after a match, he will summon lightning. But not during the match, yeah. when you think you'd want to. Right. That, that would be very unfair. Yeah. Yes. Alright, so some, so, so some terms as well that you guys wanted to kind of touch on, right? Kayfay means, it comes from pig Latin, we think. Because these are all currently terms, you don't really know, called keep a fake, right? So that's for you, Kayfay. Angle we've talked about, he is, you know, there's wasn't there, but we're just going all, all over the shop now. Yeah, he, he is basically like, you know, a reaction. So there's good heat and bad heat, and then there's X-Pac heat, which is go away. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So uh, next, I mean, the purpose of going, uh, going over, and uh, the idea is like, if someone's going over, it's because they're, they're uh, winning the match. They're successful, yeah. Um, although it's considered to be their, the winner's duty to allow the loser to get over this is basically their opportunity to become popular through the losing or losing yeah. yeah okay next slide there so mark is uh, a really fine name it's also what uh, con artists have used forever to call someone who is uh, who's uh, stupid enough to give them money it's exactly. also carnies so yeah um, it's like have you ever seen episode of Simpsons where um, they're going into the carnival. Yeah. They joined the carnival, and then Homer's. The, they refer to him as a pigeon. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> a pigeon. Yeah. So a pigeon is the same as a mark, and that's the kind of same thing. Yeah. Also is, a is it too late to have an everything is Simpsons references? <laughs> They're actually, believe it or not, very related. We might do that next year. What was that, sir? <laughs> Uh, and then, okay, so the obverse to that would be smart, so a smart mark, so somebody who still buys into wrestling is, you know, yeah. you know, like that guy, it's still real to me, damn it, he would be a smart, so, and yeah. he knows it's fake, yeah. but he still buys, he, he still, still into it, he still gives them her, their money, myself so. and Bryn are smarts, because yeah. we're wearing Bullet Club shirts, <laughs> so it's like, it's two speed is afterwards, exactly, yeah. two speed, yeah, and then, like, then in terms of selling, this is actually something that even happens, as far as I can recall, happens with actors as well, where, like, the idea of, it's like the reaction to something, to a physical thing that may not actually be real. Yeah, yeah. that's a, it's a fight choreography thing. Yeah. The person throwing the punch doesn't sell it, it's the person reacting to it. Yeah. Yeah. it. Yeah. So we saw we saw overselling there in the in the promo video where Batista wasn't hit, yeah. but he sold it like he got shot. So <laughs> <laughs> that's overselling, that's bad. Yeah. Um, well, it can, it can be really entertaining. There's a great... Uh, HBK Hogan. Yes. yes. <laughs> that, that Who's seen that match? People haven't seen yeah, it, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's basically like uh, watching overacting, yeah. but for wrestling, yeah. it's amazing. 2005 <laughs> SummerSlam. Actually, SummerSlam's on tonight as well, so we're kind of... Yeah. Yeah. See, everything is wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a shoot is where a work, which is also the normal term there, a work is like a fake fight, right? So the heavy matches is work, as in they've gone through the spots, or you know, we're going to win, and all that kind of stuff. A shoot is, we're actually fighting, <laughs> or we're throwing yeah. a punch or something that wasn't meant to happen. A work shoe, or the Vince Russo special. Vince Russo was a booker. Uh, Which is kind of like being the writer or showrunner. Yeah. And, uh, hang yeah. on, hang on. Wrestling has a showrunner? Yeah, the booker. The booker yeah. man. Okay. Because yeah. like, you need someone who, uh, the way it worked was like uh, the booker was kind of, would have also won the same house being the person who promotes the shows overall back, way back when. And 
when it came to um, and when it came to like putting together a show, they booked people and put them all. You're booked for the main event. You're booked to open the show. And you're, you know, exactly. that's kind of like the idea behind where they'd have basically come up with a running order yeah. for so, what was coming through. So, so the way it worked is you'd have your writers who would tell the storyline, right? And the way they do it, instead of going out and shooting scenes, you'd have matches. So the matches would be booked to progress the storyline, and the angles would be used as kind of like key tentpoles throughout, throughout the whole thing. And that's basically what I you know, that's... What I would give to be a fly on the roll on the writing sessions for wrestling. <laughs> no, you, you know, wouldn't. Normally, <laughs> no, you like, wouldn't. I want to see people no, in, like, with cigarettes and shirts throwing things on whiteboards, like throwing, <laughs> you know, those big that's, that's that's scraps of paper. That's called TNA from 2012. <laughs> yeah. I was there. <laughs> I've seen this. Isn't that good? Yeah. Oh, God. Um, so yeah, in terms of like yeah, work shoot is basically where they want you to make make you think that something's actually happening when it's not. Because yeah. it's um, yeah. So basically, it's it's when they they use your suspension of disbelief to work in real concepts, or they use like you're like oh I never see that in wrestling. It's like Deadpool, right? Deadpool's famous for what? What does he do? Breaks the fourth wall. What's the fourth wall? But also swearing. Yeah. Yeah. But what's the fourth wall? Speaking to the audience. Exactly. Right. So, us speaking to you is breaking the fourth wall of us doing a podcast. Right. So that's what I mean. Like Deadpool, that's his whole gimmick. Right. So why that sticks out is because nobody does that. A work shoot has the same, the same kind of reaction to it. The lads in the ring or girls in the ring, they know that it's fake because they're obviously doing it, but they're buying it in such a way that to them it's real. But if they were to look at the camera and go, hey guys, what's up? You know, that'd be breaking the fourth wall. So that's what a work shoot is. The most famous one recently was CM Punk. Obviously yeah, putting a yeah, promo. Yeah, like 2011. Yeah, he came out and he was like, hey, look, I'm leaving. I'm very unhappy about the way things are here, blah, 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 blah. We're not going to play the whole thing. Look it up, it's great. Yeah. Another one was um, wrestling commentator Joey Styles. He came out and cut a, there was an angle where Vince McMahon was feuding against Shawn Michaels, a wrestler called Shawn Michaels, and God, <laughs> literally, literally, like the Lord above, that's who he was feuding with. And Joey Stiles cut a promo saying, look, this is terrible, I can't believe that they're booking against God, you know, and watch it. So yeah, that, they're work shoots, as in like they're written, but they play on things that are actually yeah. real. Like Deadpool's a film, yeah. but he's still... So was was God there the same day as the terror spaceship? No, no. This was this was like a year later. <laughs> this is a year later. It was a well, wild I mean, time. Wild time. Yeah. Terrorist versus God. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think it's the heel heat, guys. Oh my god. <laughs> I think I think here would be a good point to go. So do you have any other topics that you have prepared? I mean, I thought I thought these were weird until you brought in the terrorist god space <laughs> aliens who kidnapped. This is why wrestling can be the best show on television. So it's so weird. I've had a few weeks to try and think of ones that will flummox them. I'm after how weird wrestling is. I'm not sure if I can anymore, but I will certainly try. Okay, me and my girlfriend love Winnie the Pooh. It's one of our favorite things in the world. How is Winnie the Pooh related to wrestling? Okay, so... <laughs> um, this is already going better than I expected. <laughs> Any ideas on how you want to start that? Oh yeah, for sure, right? So you have a crowd of a motley crew of, uh, of characters led by a figurehead. 
So we can either do two things and they go on adventures or they achieve tasks. So we can either do the job squad, which were a group of jobbers. Jobbers is someone who loses all the time and that's their gimmick. Yeah. Um, not a gimmick, but it was a gimmick in the 90s because everything was a gimmick in the 90s, right? Um, but yeah, and then they're led obviously by Mick Foley. So Christopher Robin would be Mick Foley. <laughs> and he's leading, he's leading this motley crew of cast members through their adventures and then overcoming... Tigger's obviously Al Snow. Exactly, Tigger's Al Snow. Al Snow was great, by the way. He wrestled against himself. <laughs> in a fantastic match. He put himself through a table. It was great. Yes, sir. Who would be Eeyore? I was going to get to that, actually. I would say... See, Blue Meanie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Blue Meanie or Stevie Richards. Yeah. <laughs> or both. Yeah, well, no. Only for Tigger. Oh. Rabbit Spence McMahon, he has to be. <laughs> no, see, you have to be a member of the same group, but you know, Rabbit does kind of provide some of the files, so yeah, Vince McMahon would be a good one. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Spot on. So there you go. I'll ask the question. I was going to go with the Ministry, but that's who there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, sticking with the Disney theme, there are lots of live action remakes of Disney classics. How are live action remakes related to wrestling? Uh, can I take this one? Yes, absolutely. You Hardcore no. Justice. <laughs> Who's seen Hardcore Justice the, when, when they rebook? Okay. I don't have a buzzer. What is Hardcore Justice? So TNA, which, is a, uh, which was, the, what was the number two wrestling promotion next to, literally by existing, right? Yeah. Next to WWE. And they decided to take an angle, ECW. 10 years later. So you had guys... Do you want to go through those um, acronyms? I will now in a second. <laughs> so 10 years later. So ECW was an extreme wrestling promotion right back in the 90s and then the 2001. And they took their... Uh, they were known for doing hardcore spots and all this kind of stuff. Spots is a, is a move. Our big move. I'm sorry, but by the way, guys, get thinking because I'm running away on these quickly. I'm going to tag you in. Okay, yeah. start thinking. Very wrestling. Now. Very wrestling. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, Go for the hot sorry. tag. Sorry, finish your answer, Dar. So basically, um, you know, what's a remake? A remake is taking an old concept and trying to gussy it up. This is the crippling example of doing something terribly wrong. And Hardcore Justice was a pay per view done where they took these wrestlers who are broken down. Like really broken down, <laughs> and they just had hardcore matches. So they had guys bleeding on each other and you know weird blue lights and stuff. And that's how most remakes turn out. Fantastic Four, or Fantastic Four Stick. Yeah. Four Stick. Four Stick. Does anyone know how that's actually supposed to be said? Four Four Stick. But here's the thing about remakes, right? That's Hollywood remakes, and I think all the Hollywood remakes are terrible for Disney movies. Remakes in general, you could go back further because every 15 years, a wrestling, a wrestling angle's um, recycled or reused. Why? Because people age out. People start watching wrestling when they're eight or five or six, and then they become lifelong wrestling fans. But by the time they're 15 or 16, they either they stop watching or their little brother's watching or their little sister's watching or their cousins are watching. So they can reuse the angles again. That's why we saw John Cena being, John Cena was literally Hulk Hogan 20 years later. Oh, so it's like a life cycle for... Exactly, everything gets recycled over and over again, so remakes is a very wrestling thing as well. Okay, well, uh, we have... I'll let Brian have the next one. We have... I'm going to do one more question and pass it over to the audience. We have a televised version of Neil Gaiman's Sandman coming up soon. So, I want to throw this over to you. How is the story of Neil Gaiman's Sandman related (laughs) to wrestling? That's easy. Literally, you've given the easiest one. I had to do fucking Winnie the Pooh. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the is, I've never read Sandman. <laughs> Sting the Undertaker. Hmm? Sting the Undertaker. Literally. 
Steve, you gotta uh, stay in the other Clarify room. for the beginner here. Okay, so actually, feed, feed bring the premise of yeah. Sandman real quick. Okay, it is the first book at least. Mm-hmm. Is about the god of dreams being kidnapped by humans and escaping to reclaim all of his lost possessions and rebuilding his kingdom. Yeah, that's just the Undertaker. Yeah, that's literally just the Undertaker. <laughs> like, the, under- the Undertaker is like an undead wizard. <laughs> like, wait, 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 wait. Who wrestles wait, wait. for some we reason? We have wizards now? <laughs> yes. Again, this is a biker as well. He was a biker. He was a biker. He had a crisis of conscience <laughs> after, after 10 years of terror. And becoming a satanic priest. Yes. Mortician. <laughs> a mortician. He started off as a mortician. He is a wizard motorcyclist mortician. <laughs> by the way, that uh, motorcycle undertaker gimmick was, by the way, dead man incorporated. <laughs> He's not wrong. Not wrong at all. Oh, is he no, dead too? What? Yeah, he's dead. He's, he's, a, he's a dead man. How does he find time to wrestle? <laughs> I don't know. He's an undead wizard who does all these extra cricket and in real life, you know, in, the, in a shoot in a shoot life, which is real life. <laughs> uh, he's he has a big property portfolio. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh! He works in real estate. <laughs> he works in real estate. He does now, yeah. There's only seven days in the week for yeah. the undead wizards. But look, <laughs> you can shoot lightning out of your hands and not use it. But only when people aren't looking. Yeah. You can right. do whatever you want. Basically. Yeah. All right. But yeah, I mean, he, his sources of powers came from an urn. You know, like he had he had a person who who helped him in matches called Paul Bearer. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, yes! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, guys, I'm going to need a minute to catch my breath. Does anyone have any ideas that might flummox these guys? We any have, ideas? We have a Roman Something mic. in the whole universe that's not related to wrestling. Any hands up? Any hands up there? Ah, oh, uh, we have uh, yeah. a hand up over there. Go on, try and flummox them. I've been trying this for weeks. <laughs> okay. How is 80s Japanese pop music uh, wrestling? Thank you. You do, I you do. Just let me bask so, in like, these five okay. seconds. <laughs> For, um... Okay, I've never really... Uh, the closest thing to Japanese pop music I've ever really listened to has been mainly from theme songs for anime. So is that a, is that a good indication of what it sounds like, or...? I guess it depends on the anime. Sure. Mm. We might have a winner here. No, 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 no. I should have brought like, a prize. I cannot remember his name. <laughs> Wrestler uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura's gimmick is literally that. His gimmick is literally that. He's, he's his he whole dress is like Prince. He dresses Michael Jackson, dude. <laughs> the Japanese Michael Jackson. Yeah. That's his gimmick. You know, that's how he sells himself. His promos, the all kind of. Co- I can't remember. I was wanting to call him Kenta for a moment, but like that's not right. Yeah. Um, There's a Japanese Michael Jackson in wrestling. Yeah, yeah and he's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, he dresses yeah. like Michael Jackson and he has a presence like Prince. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, basically, and this is his WDB run. This is his run in New Japan. Yeah. Um, basically, that was he started off as a really boring kind of you know weighty, generic uh, pro wrestler, and then he started kicking the head off lads and he didn't get over. So he actually took that gimmick and worked it into himself. And it's less eighties pop music, but he did kind of take. I know what nineteen. When did Triller come out? When did come out? Eighty-three. Eighty-three. So yeah, it is eighty. Yeah. Not yeah. Japanese, but he is Japanese. So close enough. <laughs> that was that is really great. Good That's really. Well I done. wish. Well done. Give a round of applause. Yeah, man. I wish we got prizes. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I, I, should, I should have bought some TNA DVDs. <laughs> All right, that's the bar to beat. Sorry. Anyone else? Hands up, hands up. Go on okay, there, sir. I've got, I've got two. Okay, what's your name there, sir? Boy, sir. Uh, Ian. Ian, lovely to meet you. Go on there, sir. Uh, I've got two. Okay, one to Dara and one to Brim. Cool. Okay, okay, start with Dara. Dara, how does heavy metal relate to wrestling? Oh, oh that's, that's a good one. Should we just play the game theme song? Yeah. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> so, yeah, like, re- wrestling and heavy metal have always been, like in sync with your, uh, even, you know, music in general, the Rock and Roll Express, that was a big thing in the 80s. And rock and wrestling. Rock and wrestling, yeah, but that was literally a Saturday morning cartoon. Yep. Yeah. So, in the 90s, when wrestling got more aggressive, we had, uh, you know, heavy metal coming in. Like, I remember my first time ever hearing Fear Factory, the band Fear Factory, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was in my favourite promo of all time was for Unforgiven 1999. Who's seen it? Who's seen Unforgiven 1999? Yes. Now, who's seen it not on the network? <laughs> yeah. Spider Man so, has. Yeah, so basically that they ruined on the network by removing the music, but they had an awesome playlist where they told the story of Triple H against Vince McMahon, Triple H best wrestler of all time, don't care. Uh, <laughs> where they fought where he was uh, fighting against Vince McMahon and Vince McMahon was, you know, trying to basically beat Triple H. And he had the entire story told to Fear Factory's obsolete album and it was unreal. And the end of it for the six pack challenge was uh, Sugar by System of Down. Heavy metal is so entrenched at wrestling that it's hard to imagine one of the other. Modern day wrestling, a huge problem in WWE. Watch one of the video package where you play some R&B garbage. Doesn't work. Put a metal track on it, it's unreal. Now, I believe Ian, you had a second question, did you? Or do you still have mic? Yeah, just a second. I'll give this one to Brim, actually. Just to point out one thing, you could have also said before, like, black metal probably got to Europe, that um, demolition was a sign of black metal in wrestling. Well, actually, Alistair Black, refers to himself as literally the black metal of wrestling. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So I asked Okay, Brim, I've just bought this one because it's like this cool dude here. Sure. How does the room relate to wrestling? <laughs> okay. So Wait, did you toss a football around? Is yeah. there something there? So with and a baby. So the room the, what happens when you get something like the room is where you get a very passionate but very, very incompetent person <laughs> making a Sorry. Film. <laughs> it's not your fault, you're not actually Tommy. So we um, <laughs> To be honest with you, that could be like Yeah. Could actually be. <laughs> <laughs> but um basically like the, you only get that from having someone very passionate but not competent at all in what they're doing. And somehow they get a ton of money together and manage to make that film. And that's basically what happened with uh, with Tall Nonstop uh, Nonstop Action. Where when it started off, it just had a small bit of money, and then it got, uh, and then it had it got bought by Panda Energy, who are uh, had loads of them, who had like almost oh, too much money. Pandas. Yeah. Well, <laughs> unless they were boiling down the pandas. Yeah. No, they were just an oil company. Yeah, they were just an oil company, and they had so much money, and they put out, I would say, consistently for about six years. The worst wrestling ever seen. They tried, um, though. They, tried. they did. By the way, I need, I, need to, I need to get my bias. I actually worked for TNA for a while in the PR department. So, so yeah. that's why I want to do a book eventually, though. So it's okay. But I will say, everyone there is super nice. But yeah, they, yeah, tried they their had best, no but clue it wasn't what good. they were doing. No clue what they were doing. And basically, they were run by Dixie Carter, who, while she's a lovely lady, Holy, there, yes. holy, <laughs> holy Christ, that woman knew nothing about wrestling, <laughs> so you could see it, and this is when we got some terrible, we got 
what we got like everything on a pole match yeah. reverse battle royales battle royales you start yeah. reverse steel cage matches electrified steel cage matches are they outside the cage yeah. <laughs> in the reverse steel cage match the way to win was to be the first one who got into the ring <laughs> well that's just a foot race <laughs> <laughs> you would think so um, yeah, oh. And here's the thing, at every point in time, they were like tr- trying to make the best thing that they could, but failing at every single yeah. hurdle. So and yeah. like even when they did something good, they'd get, they would kind of do, they'd pull a Game of Thrones on it, where it would be like really, really enjoyable, right up until just about the end, and they make the just, entire thing go, go that's on, awful. Can we make that a pulling a Game of Thrones? Is that the new, like, pulling a Homer? Is that I think so. Yeah. But it's when you're doing such a good job, right up until the last bit, and then it just fails. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, Ethan. Those were very good suggestions. Do we have another hand in the air? What's your name there, sir? Uh, Simon. Hi, Simon. Hi, nice Simon. to meet you. What have you got for us? So, let's just... How would you adapt, say, the Old Testament <laughs> to wrestling? So the Old the Testament. Which part? <laughs> just <laughs> any part. Just put whatever, like... <laughs> oh, if you, like... We could do yeah, that. Like, like, which which book? Which book from the Old Testament specifically? Which one? Uh, Revelation. that's just Revelation's the New yeah. Testament. Let's oh, yeah. just, <laughs> just go for Moses. Like, Moses? Oh, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah right. Right. Oh, man, that's okay. great. That's a really good one. Yeah. What, did Moses wrestle the ocean? <laughs> Mo- Moses, Stone Cold Steve Austin, right? <laughs> you had the king of Egypt, right? Okay, sorry, there's no story about Egypt, no story Moses, but we're going to recap it. Moses was, uh, did, you know, the, uh, born as a slave, then adopted into the royal family. Like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, no, I will get to it. And then he, uh, he ended up leading the Jews out of Egypt and all that good stuff, right? So, Stone Cold Steve Austin was a no-name wrestler, right? And then he became um, the standout figure in 1996. Fought, so came from nothing, right? Just like Moses. And then he fought the highest power they could. Vince McMahon. Who was just you know effectively God, effectively for God for wrestling, and he did it successfully. He took his own little followers out as well. He had like a little crew that he you know interfered in matches with and all that kind of good stuff. And then, yeah, so you can do it, and so called did do it. Yeah. But Moses didn't fight God. Yeah. <laughs> well, but he did fight the Pharaoh. He did. He did. He didn't struggle against them, I suppose. And he did fight against the Egyptian gods, apparently, yes. as well. So yeah. Oh, if you get Egyptian gods into wrestling, I will watch it. That's time. happened. Yeah. Dude, this That's happened. happened. There's kaiju wrestling. That can be done. Yeah. We can just we can just look at open up a car card. <laughs> All right. So. All right. That was a really good one. Thank you. We've got a hand up way away in the back there. I thought it was Sunday, you know. Yeah, <laughs> fair. You know what? I didn't expect yeah, yeah, to talk yeah. about the, the Old Testament the, today. The but all right. Stone Cold Steve Austin. I've uh, got two. One for fun and one as a tough one. Ooh, Ooh I like it. Toughy. Go on, give them a go. The fun one is Pokemon Go. <laughs> How is Pokemon Go like wrestling, guys? Well, Pokemon Go is basically a journey into the unknown, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you start off your day, you're playing Pokemon Go, you don't really know how it's going to go. GTV. And then suddenly a chair hits you? What? <laughs> <laughs> no, go on. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean to tease. Finish the analogy. So, yeah, like you can... Actually, no, sorry. The Hardcore Division. <laughs> the 24-7 Hardcore Division. So, in 
2000. We could use the modern day 24-7 We could, yeah, okay, we'll do, we'll do both. So in 2000, 2001, the hardcore title, which was literally a world title that they smashed up and you could beat anybody anytime, it became a 24-hour match where if there was a referee in place, you could challenge for the belt. So yeah. if I had it now, Brink could attack me or anyone you people could attack me and then pin me for the belt and then that would do it. Yes, sir. Oh, hang on, actually, uh, Amy, Amy, sorry, if I give away my bias there. You had a second question, didn't you? A no, 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 we're not, we're not done, we're not done yet. Oh, we're not, not done? No, we're not done, no, no. Oh, there's more, I'm so sorry. It's okay. So, how it relates to wrestling is, Pokemon Go, you never know what you're going to catch. Right? You never know what's going to happen. You never know what the next one can Exactly, you're just walking down the road. It's like being the hardcore champion or the current day 24-7 champion where you can go into the bathroom and someone hits you with a chair yeah, and pins you and then walks away. Yeah. It's just like catching, you know, you run into a Bulbasaur and you're like, oh my god, a Bulbasaur, this is cool. Sorry, what? Just ha or having a battle occurred at the moment. Exactly, time. exactly. So there you go, hope that answers the question. Before we go on to your second question, in wrestling, do people just jump out at you in the bathroom in day-to-day life? If you're, if you're in the 24 division, yeah. <laughs> there, there, there was a wedding. <laughs> where literally the challenge this happened like two weeks ago where Drake Ma a wrestler called Drake Ma Maverick was getting married and then the former champion jumps out and rolls him up which is a pinned attempt while they're walking down the aisle yeah. happened the so this poor guy on the yeah, honeymoon, this, yeah. this poor guy's honeymoon was ruined <laughs> because of how many times the current the current champion is well not lot was is uh, or truth yeah. but how he won it back was uh, a female wrestler called Maria Canellis was getting a pregnancy scan. <laughs> they tricked her into it. So yeah, this is this is yeah. where we are. Yeah. I am horrified by the lack of reaction. And <laughs> <laughs> um, what was the second question there? My second one was working as a mortgage broker. <laughs> IRS. Um, yeah, IRS is pretty much the answer to that question. In the nineties, every job. <laughs> in the nineties, every job. Was a wrestling gimmick. Barbers, uh, demolition men, repo men, repo, garbage men. Uh, you name it. You name it. Undead mortician. The Undertaker started off. That's why he's not a Undertaker because his gimmick was he was literally a mortician, and then he yeah, became a wizard. Yeah, but there was a guy called IRS, and he basically, you know, would uh, hang people for uh, for their taxes and would basically hand out any kind of uh, financial advice people would need while beating them to a bloody pulp. Um, it was a wonderful time to be alive. <laughs> that is wonderful, thank you. So, anyone else there, any suggestions? Um, Alright, so you're listening to the podcast and you're like, hey, I want to get involved, but I'm not in Ireland and I don't have time to listen live. Well, guys, listen, we've revamped everything. We've made it super easy. Nerd to Know Media, everything. Nerd to Know Media, Gmail. Nerd to Know Media on Twitter. Nerd to Know Media on Twitch. Nerds Know Media across the wall. Everything that you can do, you're able to find us. Nerd to Know Media. NerdsKnowMedia.com is our website just in case. You can tune in, be the tune in app, and catch us live if you want to. Type in Nerds Know Bases on Phoenix 92.5 FM and you're able to find us. The stream to the show as it's happening live is actually on our website. NerdToKnowMedia.com Also, if you haven't got time for that or if you want something a bit more convenient we're on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud all across the board and if you do want to catch us live when we record the show because spoilers we tape the show we do it live on Twitch Nerdux N-E-D-D-U-X is where you can find my personal Twitch channel and we stream there the show every single Thursday at 9pm So guys no excuse not to listen. We're very easy to find. 
NerfNoMedia.com for more information. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. Download and do it again. Testament. This is like, yeah. Which specific part? <laughs> or overall? Your favorite yeah, I think it's part of Pride and Prejudice. You first. Do you um, Pride and Prejudice? <laughs> <laughs> um. So the the general the general idea behind uh, one of the general parts of uh, Pride and Prejudice was just the uh, uh, was just the interactions between. Um, and they, they, I'm yeah, getting tongue tied. Daughters and the lords. Yeah, yeah, basically, and it was just the, the, they had they had ideas for how they wanted to live their lives versus how things were, and I mean, there's too many things that fit into that into that framework, because um, like I mean, you could go you could go with uh, in in Japan there's this uh, faction ball club, they uh, they they were a bunch of European. Uh, European Pacific Islanders and American wrestlers who were told you're in Japan now you have, you, can't, to be, you have to be respectful you have to be respectful you have to do things the way that we do it and they went no, no. <laughs> and, we're American and basically <laughs> we're going to do whatever we want forced over that way. forced uh, the, the qualities of wrestling that they were trained to do onto the Japanese wrestlers yeah. and they uh, became massive villains because of it and became massively popular. Basically the way basically the way Japanese wrestling works is all the baby faces are usually traditional Japanese guys. Any Westerners can get over as being super heels because they're Westerners. Yeah. And that's how it works. Yeah. And basically these guys were like, Yeah, we're just gonna go and we're gonna do everything differently. To they refused to speak in Japanese as well, which yeah. is also a massive yeah. no no at one point. Now it's fine apparently. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, also to add to that, I would say the the authority angle. Yep. So that was that's so sorry. The authority angle is when Triple H, best wrestler of all time, King of Kings. Um, <laughs> he uh, he was um, basically Kemp Kemp Power. He was painted Vince McMahon angle a couple of years ago, and uh, he went through the whole roster saying this is how it's going to be, this is how we're going to organize it, and you know would nominate champions to go through and fight for it. So you know it. it you do constantly have that dynamic where there is that push against authority or against authority figures, and depending on how you react to that, it's one of the most common themes. Exactly, it is. Yeah, that, like anti-authoritarian. So, so common, in fact, that when it's not there, it's different. So now it's a bit more like commissioners in wrestling were a thing, and there were just guys who came out every now and then and meant something. Now, if the authority figure doesn't come out, it's kind of weird. So it's it's a trope that's been played out. Really. Would you consider Jane Austen to be an influential figure in wrestling then, by that extent? Why not? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> All right, uh, who's next there? What's your name there? John. Hi, oh, Sean. Hey. What's, uh, John. what's your idea? John. John. Oh, John. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, go on there. How would, how would you, were Dr. Hill into wrestling? Yeah. Ah, oh, we talked about this earlier on. Considering we have 
Not one, not two, but three doctors and a TARDIS yeah, in the room. The back. So, <laughs> I am very interested to hear this, guys. Go on. <laughs> Ooh, so, right at the last minute, yeah. we've got a tricky one. Well done. Um, oh, man. So, like, the challenge, the, one of the challenges with this is that I haven't really seen that much Doctor Who. So okay, now I want the wrestling boo. Three, two, one. Boo. Okay, how about this? Okay, all right. I will feed. I will feed you basically. So, Doctor Who is an interdimensional time lord uh-huh. who has adventures with companions. Yeah. Right. There. So, so that's so been, that, Yeah, and then he kind of regenerates around that. Let's just take the first part of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, go for it. So he's just an interdimensional. Yeah. And you can travel anywhere. Time Lord. Time Lord. Yeah. Yes. And what does this have to do with wrestling? <laughs> or hells of another? Yeah. I mean, I think I think if you again, it would be very much a case of like, it's just a, it would be taking the. Actually, hang on a second. Didn't Jakara do a time travel? They did. That's what yeah, I was hoping. They did. Yeah. yeah. So there was a. Excuse me. There's a time traveling wrestler, is there? In no, Jakara, there. <laughs> they did. Yeah, they did uh, time travel. Well, that's a distinct advantage, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so look, Chikara is also the same place where there is a match between a broom and a mattress. Yes. And a ladder and a mattress. Yeah. And the ma- I think the mattress won a title. Like, are we talking no, like Ben Mattress style? Like, how yeah. does this work? <laughs> the, no, like, I mean, Chikara is um, uh, is a is a small wrestling company that has uh, has made a name for itself by um, really trying, like, really uh, going. Quite hard into doing things, uh, doing sci-fi and um, uh, doing sci-fi tropes in wrestling. Um, they've had, they they had they had a heel faction of giant ants uh, take over <laughs> take o- take over the company. Yeah. I can they've, stop you right there. We watched the Doctor Who the other day where he fought ants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, See guys. Just, we are um, on our lap. I'm sorry, you can't finish yeah. answer, sorry. But there's, I mean, for Chikara, it's kind of like a catch-all for a lot of those kind of things yeah. because they've done time, they've done time travel. They, what they did for it was they'd actually take, they'd taken a year out and filmed almost the entire year of it, and then they went back, they went back and started doing things live again, and they went, we've got to go back in time, <laughs> and they just put everything. And Brian, when you know something like that, mm. the wizard did it. Yeah. <laughs> so were the ants live too? <laughs> I mean, there were people in ant costumes, but oh, you would say that they were ants. The suspension of disbelief is. Yeah. Well, that's another doctor connection right there. We yeah. are running out of time, unfortunately. Who has questions that, or ideas? Spider-Man, you have been a big contributor to this whole evening, so I'm glad that you got a chance. We should get What's your name on the credits. Or do you want to keep your identity secret? I'd rather keep that secret, thank you. Uh, okay. Just put your mask back on, then. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Go on there, Junior Avenger. What's your idea? Um, well, of course... Paul Heyman being my favourite manager in WWE at the minute. In the past, I've referenced him to Ren and Stimpy. The reason being, Randy can give kick-ass lines, although making the crowd laugh, which we've seen on Monday Night Raw when Paul Heyman came out with Brock Lesnar in the past. I was wondering, who would you reference Paul Heyman to? Ooh. Do you want to go first for that one? Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah, gonna let these two guys go first. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Paul Heyman is like the evil genius of wrestling. That's what he's known as. You know, the the in the in the shoot, right? Oh, sorry to work, but he. It's where you want to. Where, which kind of angle you want to take him as, right? So you mentioned currently, right? So I'm just gonna take him as the advocate of Brock Lesnar, mm. right? So 
I would yeah, I would say he's the art that kind of archetypical, you know. Are kids here? Yes. Okay. Yes, my, my okay. four month old. Oh okay. <laughs> Uh, okay. That's the first word you're told. Fair. So the, the, the and, uh, so six year old as well. There, yeah. Chicken ass heel, you know, where he, he goes off and he and he hits these, uh, you know, he cuts a cuts a promo and then gonna say whatever he wants because he knows he has Brock Lesnar has his back, right? So any any name a character like that, you know, Loki in the Avengers, right? He's kind of you know talking all this garbage talk because you know he had the backing of. Um, he always used to have the backing of the, of the bad guys, you know, he had Thanos on his backing at one point. So yeah, that's one of the fairness. And he kind of, he plays that stereotypical archetype of an amazing idea man who has the muscle to back it up. You made a really good point actually, because I saw Loki come out of Comic-Con once in costume. Tom exactly, Wilson, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the way he worked the crowd and hyped up in his cape with the horns, like, it was like a wrestling match. Like, yeah. did you ever and see that before Thor Ragnarok? And that's came what... Out and he's like, I have an army and all that. And that's what Brock Lesnar... That's what uh, Paul Heyman is. Paul Heyman is the ultimate hype man. Yeah. You know, I literally, sorry, I'm sorry for interrupting you, but anyone who comes out, you know, for anyone who doesn't watch wrestling, and all the promos are, he's like, I am the advocate of Brock Lesnar. He is the first person you see before Brock Lesnar comes out and kills people. So, <laughs> Wait, there's there's killing in wrestling? Well, way not too literally. Much. Way too much. Well, well, well actually, Lucha Underground, there was killing. There was killing in Lucha Underground. <laughs> and Vince McMahon was blown up one time. Yes. Um, but wait, wait, no, one time. There's no one time getting blown up. <laughs> no, if you get blown up one happened, time, you're blown up. <laughs> not in wrestling. Or comic books. You always come back and forth. Um... So the one thing I was thinking of there was uh, like it can, taking the modern version of Paul Heyman with um, and taking the modern version of Paul Heyman with uh, Brock Lesnar. It's kind of like watching the Monstars and their monster <laughs> and their uh, their manager from um, uh, from Space Jam and imagining if the Monstars actually played NBA and just destroyed everyone. That's better. Yeah. That's better. That's basically like. Like, Brock Lesnar is basically all the monsters just put into one body, and that's kind of who he is. Yeah. Uh, he's a frightening man. Um, and I think we, we are nearly out of time. So, before we wrap up, uh, is there anything else you guys want to show us, or will we just... There was one last... Uh, do we have time for it? We do. There, does anyone, we'll have one more. We'll fill one more. Okay, hold on. Who, who hasn't, uh, who, who so has, who hasn't had a go yet? Okay. Uh, over so, with, over the, with, there. The, with the immaculate beard there. It's a good beard, alright. Dungeons and Dragons. Ooh. Oh man, Dungeons and Dragons too, is. Too but it's not too hard, though. No, it's not. Like so, like the, there's a lot of ways you can look at Dungeons and Dragons, right? But um, when it comes to the way that wrestling works, you're still inventing a character. You're still basically going, well, I want to be a certain. I want to have a certain fighting style. I, could I be a luchador where I'm all like agile, like a rogue? Could I be more of a powerhouse where you're basically, um, uh, you're basically like a barbarian or like a, just a standard warrior or whatever? The, uh, like again, there's like technicians where you're. Like, uh, there's technicians or... Yeah, um, like, the thing I would I'm say... I'm like, charismatic, like a bard. Like, there's any class you can think of in D&D, you could cross that over into wrestling quite yeah, easily. With, with characters, but if you actually wanted to see it play out in real time, there was a show called... There was a show called Tough Enough, and literally that was a, sh a reality show about uh, training wrestlers coming up with characters. So they were kind of setting themselves up for a career in wrestling. And, yeah, as Brent said, barbarians, strong guys, strikers, submission artists, technicians, you know, a lot of forwards, so... Yeah. But uh, 
it's it's too complex. We could do a whole panel on D and D and wrestling in and of itself. I'm up for that. Like that proper check. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so while we fight the machine, uh, let's. Oh, is it all ready? Yeah, there we go. Okay. So what is this you're showing us, guys? So this is just like the last thing. This kind of cuts through most of what we've been saying. Lovely. Wrestling is mythology. Wrestling is action. Wrestling is comic books. The only thing wrestling isn't is wrestling. So thank you for not mentioning it. <laughs> yes, thanks, guys. Excellent. So thank you so much. Now, before we wrap up, uh, guys, want to give a shout out to where you can find us. We do a podcast every single week, along with lots of other cool stuff. Uh, guys, if you like this and want to hear some more or even get involved, guys, where can they find us? Basically, Nerd to Know Media is where you can go. So we're going to have cards, so if you guys want cards, come up and get them uh, when we finish up. But there's no excuse not to find us. Nerd to Know Media, everything. Spotify, Gmail, YouTube, Twitch. Carrier Pigeon. Uh, exactly. You know, Wrestling Carrier Pigeon. <laughs> everything. So if you, if you like what we do, you can get us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all that good stuff as well. So we do a podcast every week, Nerd to Know Basis. And then maybe a water show. Yeah. Well, and so. we don't just cover wrestling, we cover all the new the nerd news as it comes out. We've got ones on video games, on Marvel, we did a retrospective on Spider-Man recently. Like uh, what other kind of stuff do we cover? Star Wars fan theories. I wish we had time to go into your fan theory. You're gonna have to check it out on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we do reference it. Because we're on every platform, if you guys want us to talk about anything or even just want to hear your voice mentioned or anything in the show or get a shout out, hit us up. We're very easy to approach, and thank you so much. Anything before we wrap up, guys? No, thanks very much for having me. Thank you so much. You have made this awesome. Alright, so you're listening to the podcast, you're like, hey, I'm not in Ireland, how do I get in touch? Well, TuneIn has you covered. That's how you can check us out live when we're on the radio. Um, you go to TuneIn and download the app, or you can check out the live streams on nerdthnowmedia.com or phoenix92.5 FM. If you want to get in contact with us, it's very easy. Media everywhere. Media on Twitter. Media Instagram. Media on Twitch. Media at gmail.com if you want to reach out via email. Hope to hear from you soon. Hey, Dara, what are you doing over there in Ireland? Like, with the freaking leprechauns and everything. That's not cool. You should be over here with the God players. At least then you could, like, I don't know, pretend like you got, I don't know, some kind of thing going on. Yeah, with uh, you give me a Brooklyn Ray. Yeah, with ya. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. 